The advice and opinions expressed by the host of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. The Center for Autism and Related Disorders advises working with a board-certified behavior analyst who has experience with autism before starting any intensive behavioral intervention. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. Welcome to Let's Talk Autism. I'm Nancy Allspot Jackson. And I'm Shannon Penrod. And we're so thrilled that you guys are here with us this morning. Nancy, it's so good to see you. So good to see you, Shannon. And we've got a, we've got a couple of great guests today, which is really exciting. And uh, we hope that you guys will really enjoy today's show. We really want you to know that this show is meant to be interactive. In fact, we're saying good morning to Anna. Anna is watching us on Facebook. Good morning, Anna. How are morning, you? Anna. And uh, we look forward to hearing from all of you that you're watching. If you're watching us live right now, you're probably watching us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, potentially on Periscope, or potentially on our homepage, autism-live.com. If you're watching us recorded, then you're probably watching us wherever you get your downloads for your free podcast, because we are a free download wherever that is. Good morning, Tanisa. We're so happy to have you here with us. Uh, so uh, please check us out in all those different platforms. If you are watching us live right now, you can interact directly from Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. Um, if you are on our homepage, autism-live.com, there is a chat button where it isn't an interactive, we can't talk back to you, but you can send us messages on our homepage. So if you're watching us in podcast and you're like, I'd really like to get a question answered, that's the place to do it. Of course, you can always email me at s.penrod at autism-live.com. And if you want to... We're saying good morning uh, to because to our guests who have written in and said that they're they're excited to be on the show. Um, if you would like to email Traven, we've never said this before, but you can email Traven at autismlive at gmail.com, which is very easy to remember. There's no hyphens in it, which we really, really like. Uh, but excited to be here this morning, Nancy. And we've got a lot to cover and um news to cover, but our guest later on today, uh, Yadira Calderon is going to be here with her beautiful daughter, uh, who is a brilliant artist and goes by Rainbow Mosho. Mm -hmm. So we're so excited that they're going to be joining us in just a little while. They've been on the show before and they're always a delight and an inspiration. And so we're really looking forward to chatting with both of them. Uh, and you guys can start writing in questions about any of that at any time. We, we love that. Uh, but Nancy, we like to get started with something uh, that we call in the news, right? <laughs> where we cover news stories. And I'm I'm trying to save paper, so right. I'm I'm trying to be uh, not not the luddite that I am. Uh, and here we go. So I've I've got my news stories supposedly uh, on on my desktop, but it's hard for me. Yeah, I've got mine on my iPhone. So if you see me looking down, I'm referring okay. to things on my iPhone. All right. We're, we're trying to save the... some paper and ink. Right. So you want to start with the first the first story about the uh, autism spectrum quotient? Yeah, this is one of those things. Can I just say that last week when we, um, on the show, we're still doing this. We asked you guys to be tweeting at Bill Maher. Uh, and the hashtag we want you to tweet at him is uh, give Bill solar. We want Bill Maher to cover the, the story about the Department of Defense and how they are determining, right? They've determined already that ABA is not effective and they are getting ready, we believe, because they've already published and said, 
we, the Department of Defense does not pay for medical treatments that are not effective. We have found ABA not to be effective. And so we are literally waiting for any moment for the DOD to say that they're no longer funding ABA for the children of military families that have their insurance through military, which would be catastrophic. Catastrophic. Right? And as we were talking about this last week, we were saying, here's the big, the, the main issue, right? It's like, we don't dispute that they have a right to look at things, take data and see for sure that something is effective. That only makes sense. But if you're going to do it, you have to do it right. And, and they're using a tool. There's many different reasons why they're not doing it right. First of all, they didn't all offer ABA to people where they could get it and said, see, it doesn't work because they didn't get it. That doesn't work. But even like more shocking than that is that the, the process that they're using to evaluate the data to see if ABA is effective is something called a PBDBI. And the person who created the PBDBI, Ira Cohen, who is considered a top level autism researcher, has written a report in which he says that they did not use his tool correctly, that they messed up the criteria and they did it wrong and it invalidates their data and that it needs to be gone back to look at. Now, as I was talking about this with people this week, Nancy, everybody was saying, how can they do that? That just seems so, why would they misuse, like that makes no sense. And yet we have another story where for a decade, people have been misusing a tool to to diagnose autism and they've just discovered it. This is crazy to me. I know, it's hard to believe that this can happen. But as you said, this is yet another um, tool that has been misused. And this one is called the Autism Spectrum Quotient. It's a 10-point scale. It's known as the AG10. And it's an internationally used technique to diagnose autism. Uh, Individuals agree or disagree with statements um, that can highlight whether they might have signs of autism. Now, a score of six or above on this scale should signal that an individual needs to be referred to a specialist, psychologist, or psychiatrist. However, in the new research, they found out that they have been incorrectly recommending a score of more than six out of 10 um, for the- And I don't know about you, but when I first looked at this, Nancy, I was like, I don't get it. I don't, and then as I got further into the report, which we found on medicalexpress.com, um, and I believe it's called the a, a, AQ10. Nancy. AQ10. Yeah. And um, so if you stop and think about it, and, and let's just take your case, Nancy, that you right. took your child in to be evaluated um, to see if he was on the autism spectrum. And let's remember that the diagnosis itself doesn't mean a whole lot, doesn't hold a whole lot of water, but it does mean whether you get funding or not for services. Right. And a lot of our, a lot of individuals on the spectrum are like on the cusp. They have some symptoms of autism, but not enough to trigger and get that funding. You know, you went in and what was the diagnosis you got when you took Wyatt in the first time? The first diagnosis was PDDNOS, pervasive developmental disorder, nonspecific, when in fact he was firmly on the autism scale and right. he was misdiagnosed. He was misdiagnosed, but a lot of, a lot of individuals get in that sort of gray area. What's like, well, you have a lot of symptoms, but you don't really qualify for the diagnosis. And what the criteria says is if you get a six or six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, that you need to be referred to a specialist to go get the full diagnosis. But the way they read it was six or above. So they only took seven, eight, nines and 10. So all of the people for 10 years that had a six didn't get to go for screening when the the criteria said they should. And I would love to know how many people they estimate that would be because I'm gonna guess it's a lot. And for those of you whose kids were ever on the cusp and you didn't qualify for the diagnosis, like it's a big deal. A very big deal. Yeah. Because they might not get funding for ABA, for example. And and they qualified for it by the criteria, but they didn't follow the directions. Right. So, uh, you know, you know what they say about when you stick your hand, if you're looking for a needle in a haystack, it's hard, right? 
But if you stick right. your hand in a haystack and you pull out two needles, it should signal that you might have a haystack full of needles. Well, we just stuck our hand in the haystack this week and pulled out two needles. That the way people are diagnosing, maybe everybody needs to go back to the drawing board and read the manual on how to do this. Uh, it makes me a little heated, Nancy. Yes, and they're uh, calling for an urgent review of this now, which is urgent. Yeah, and I think, it, especially this is a, this is internationally used and very highly used uh, in uh, England. And I think if I were a family in England, I would uh, be looking at this very closely, especially if you have a kiddo who's been denied services. Uh, yeah. Really incredible. Okay, so our next story moved me and moved the entire internet, came close to breaking the internet. Right. I really love, I love Nancy that this actually um, comes from folks over, uh, we, we took the article, it was featured in People, this, is, this was featured in Fox News, but it came from our friends over at Extraordinary Minds. And uh -huh. I don't know, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but there a 20 year old uh, went on. Uh, why can LinkedIn. I not think of the name? LinkedIn. 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 Yes, thank you. And part of you know you can put post things on LinkedIn, and he put a letter to his future employer. Yeah. And I don't know, Nancy. Do you want me to read it? Sure. He said, um, "I realize that someone like you will have to take a chance on me." I don't learn like typical parent people do. Um, and he went on to say that um, I would need a mentor to teach me, but I learn quickly once you explain it. I get it. I promise that if you hire me and teach me, you'll be glad that you did. I will show up every day, do what you tell me to do, and work really hard. And he wants to be an animator, which is probably why our, I guess our friends at Exceptional Minds heard about it. I think he's one of their students in actuality. I think this okay. was part, part of this was in this, I think that um, as students there do things in their three-year program, one of their things is to put, make their LinkedIn because that's how professionals. Right. I'm so, I can't, I'm so bad at LinkedIn. I couldn't even remember what it was called. I have a LinkedIn page, but I, I don't know what email I started it with. So I can't even retrieve the password. Right. <laughs> I'm hopeless. I'm not good at those kinds of things. And can you imagine, there've been employers over the years who've looked at me and said, you know, you know, she can't put together and remember her password to her LinkedIn, then, you know, she's not the right candidate for us. And yet I'm totally capable of doing other things. Right. <laughs> not all of them, but some of them. But Nancy, I, I, I think this really gets to the chase of it. Here on Autism Live, we have had interns, I'm very proud. Uh, to say that we've had interns that have been on the autism spectrum. Um, we have had the opportunity, both of us, Nancy, to work with and alongside people who are on the autism spectrum. And it is a different experience. Um, and sometimes it required for me personally to look at myself and say, why am I wanting it done this way? Is there a better right. way to do this? I think the key, Shannon, is as you said, it is a different experience, but yes. not any less than or more than just a different experience than working with neurotypical people. And in some ways, I found it to be better. If you're yes. mindful and if you're looking, it, for me, I'll, one of the things that I've learned over the last 20 years is, and I'm still learning it, is that if you want to lead well, you have to look at your team, know what their strengths are, and know when they need support. And that's everyone. That is not just folks on the autism spectrum. But it does, um, you know, it's a different way of looking at things. And we've had some really incredible experiences with folks on the spectrum. It, it, but it is, I do need to acknowledge that it's different. I can hear our friend Joanne Laura talking about the fact, though, that every single person on this planet has the right to have a seat at the table. And yes. you don't get a seat at the table unless you have a J-O-B. And, you know, I there was a time, Nancy, I don't know how you feel about this, but I can remember when I first met Joanne and I was still, I said, well, you know, not everybody can work. I remember saying that to her and you know, right. Joanne, those right. were fighting words to Joanne. Oh yeah. 
he would disagree oh. with you strongly on oh, that. Oh, and, and she would read me the riot act and she would go, you know, who? Who do you think can't work a job? And is that because you haven't given them the skills? Is that because you haven't given them the patience? Who? You point to me and, and tell me who doesn't deserve the right. And I said, oh, it's not about deserving. Are, is everyone capable? And she said, yes, everyone is capable of working. They're just not capable of doing the same job. Right. But every single being on this planet has the ability to learn and they all have the ability to work. And, and she, put her money, she put her money where her mouth was because she hired, she created yes. a business, Glorious Pies. And there were a huge range of uh, young adults on the spectrum that worked for Glorious Pies, doing everything from stocking the uh, pies to selling them and dealing with the public, depending on their skill level. So she was very good at breaking that down. And, and listen, even she learned along the way, because as they were starting that pie business, you know, I know in the beginning, she was looking at her team as a good leader and going, okay, I know this kiddo is going to be good with the money thing. And he can, there was, there was a whole thing that they had to run the card on this thing. And, they, and it was a learning curve. And listen, at one point I manned the booth and I, I was like, ah, I don't know what to do. And the kids took it away from me. They were like, don't worry, we got it for you. Right. But I was like, ah, I don't know how to do this. But even Joanne learned that there were kiddos who other people would have looked at and said, this kid is pretty impacted. I don't think that they're going to be able to do this who worked the booth and did other jobs and, and then stepped up and learned how to, how to take the money, how to swipe the card, how to, you know, even if they were non-vocal to communicate, thank you. And here's your card back. Um, one of the students uh, that I remember uh, an incident that they were at an event and she had assigned them to go in a group to walk around this conference and hand out um, pamphlets. And one kiddo was in charge to make sure that they all stayed together. Well, that kind of fell apart. And there was a moment where they came back and they were missing one. And she was literally panicked um, and thought, oh, no, you know, where is this other worker of mine? And went and found that they had handed out all of their pamphlets and were on the job working, doing what they were supposed to do. Mm -hmm. uh, above and beyond what she maybe in, initially at the start of the day had thought that they were capable of. But then we learned that he super loved that and that he was good at that. So, I, you know, I love this. I love that this young man is putting it out there on behalf of all of our kids and saying, listen, you know, I might need a little bit more support, but I'm going to be worth it. I'm yeah, going to be worth it. Yeah, really great. And his parents have been, uh, his parents and siblings have been blown away by this whole experience. Um, they're busy. He's gotten some job offers, in fact, and they're busy going through all the responses. You know, like you say, it almost, forget Kim Kardashian, Ryan almost broke the internet, right? Uh, with <laughs> and the parents are going through the letters with him and um, they're, you know, just really taking it all in and sitting back and enjoying this moment. They said, you know, whether it's just his 15 minutes of fame or goes beyond that, it's been an amazing experience and really has restored their faith in people. Well, I just think that it's remarkable and we're wishing him luck. And when he finally figures out which job offer he's going to take, we'd love to have him on the show talking about where he's going to work. And kudos to the employers who are offering who get it, because right. that's what we need more of. If that was like peanut butter and we could just spread that over the entire globe, um, then you know, the world would be a better place. It sure uh, no would, doubt Jim. about it. Yeah. So really remarkable. So we're really so excited about that. And Ryan. I, good luck to yes. Ryan. Yes. Uh, and our last story this morning, um, I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, we know that for moms of kids on the spectrum and special needs kids that um, it can be very stressful. And a recent study showed that 50% of moms of children with autism have an elevated level of depression. This, and I don't story, want to leave this is no surprise to me as one of your favorite expressions. That's the duh heard around the world. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that this is no surprise to the parents out there. Our audience that's probably listening 
that if you have a dad who is involved in your child's, in the raising of your child, um, it can make all the difference in the world for your own level of mental health. Yeah. Um, and, and so what I loved about this, cause you know, sometimes we see these studies and it's like, duh. And it's like, well, how is this useful to me? I think it normalizes it for us, but I, but I love this, that they also found in this study that if dads regularly read to their kids that the moms ha- reported fewer symptoms of depression. And isn't that just a simple thing that dads out there can do? You wouldn't think something like reading to your child could make such a difference, but this study proves. And we just had Anna write in, yes, father has become more aware of my son's needs now that he works from home, more sympathetic to me. And maybe, Shannon, that's a byproduct of this pandemic is that more fathers have really gotten to see what moms have to deal with at home. Uh, by yeah. being, you know, working from home, it's m- given them an awareness of the support that's needed. I think so. I also don't want to leave out because I know that there are many dads out there that are like, whoa, hold up a second, because we have many dads who are the main caregiver or yes. and, and we have many dads who are also stressed. And I don't want to leave out and, and make it sound like it's all cut and dried and it's the moms who are sad and depressed and the dads who are away in the office, that is not every case, but we will say that it is more often the case that um, that dads have been away working. I know in our case, it was certainly um, that textbook sort of thing where I said, "Okay, I got to put on a cape and become Wonder Woman, uh, you know, warrior mom." And, and my husband said, "I got to put on the cape and I got to go outside the house and make more money." Because somebody uh-huh. has to fund this project, and it it was sort of like, you know, we started our marriage and it was all very we're, we're a team, and and like you know the poo hits the fan, and we said later on we laughed at ourselves and it was like we instinctively dialed back to nineteen fifty two standards. Even though we were both working outside the home, I was like I have to become the happy homemaker, and my husband felt this real pressure to provide. Um, and it wasn't necessarily the roles that we wanted to be cast in, but we did sort of dial back to, I don't know, something primordial. Um, but I, I, I do want to make sure that we say that it is stressful for all of the caregivers and that this study looked at ways that they could reduce the stress. And for moms, if dads read to their kids regularly, it was significant. So I think that's good news. Uh, They also said that joining uh, a group where you can talk to other people, getting counseling, um, and definitely getting respite. And we're finding Mm -hmm. that most most states have some sort of respite program where they will help you to pay for um, a babysitter of sorts. In some states, you can you have a choice. Like in California, they can you just call a service and they send somebody. Uh, or you can hire somebody and train them yourselves, and then they put in a time card. Uh, but respite's important. And yes, I, even I, don't wonder... what, I don't know what I do without my respite uh, caregivers. I have a couple that works with me with Wyatt, and um, you know, I don't. I'm a single mom. My husband passed away five years ago, and I could feel that void immediately. Shannon, you know, oh. yeah, it was definitely. I mean the support level went down and my stress level went up. Well, and Nancy, you know, I think we don't talk enough about some of the additional stressors that families have because there are a lot of single parents out there, a lot of them who are struggling and this pandemic has made it worse for them because some of them have not had uh, contact with other adults and, and it's so important that you find an online group to be able to talk to other people. Um, all, when I think about in the time that I have known you, Nancy, when I first met you, you were a very happily married woman and your husband was an awesome dad and he was very involved in Wyatt's life. Yes, and I was. can remember, I was a little like, mystified sometimes because you you know you would say things to me like well I'm I'm going on a retreat this weekend um so that I can go be with the monks and I'm going to meditate and I would be like who are you 
And, <laughs> and I was like, how, how are you doing that? And you were able to say to me, well, it reads, you know, and we've got some help and support, but, you know, Reed knows how important it is for me to be able to go and do that. And then of course, you know, your husband who had battled cancer before went through several different bouts where he was battling cancer again. And you not only had your job and Wyatt to take care of, you had the loss of your spouse helping to take care of Wyatt. And then you were having to take care of Reed. Right. And then you were having to take care of all the financial fallout of when a spouse is terminally ill. Nancy, I mean, you know, you're a rock star and, you know, you handled it all with grace. And, and I, can't, I can't even imagine for other people having to go through that. And ultimately, you know, Reed, who, you know, I remember in the last days, Reed said to me, he said, I don't want to leave her alone with this. Right. I was, it was like the one thing that he didn't want to do. He felt right. so bad about it, but he didn't get to choose. No. And, and you didn't get to choose. Right. And, and, you know, though, like, I just have to tell you how much I love you and respect you and how in awe I am of you. Cause I don't know if I could have done what you did. Thank I you. really don't. I really appreciate that. Well, you do what you have to do. You step up. And I know there are a lot of parents that watch our show that can relate to that. Um, parents that you know, as you say, are single parents raising their children. And you've got to learn to call on your support systems. If you don't have, if it's not a double parent household, you learn to get other support. And thank God, as I said, that we have respite. Uh, and I have that support, John and Andrea, who work with Wyatt. I don't know what I do without them. Um, it's just, it. you do what you have to do. Yep. Yep. But I do want to say that I think that this study has reminded us of something really important. And, you know, for those of you who are in a relationship with your significant other, um, you know, I would take this study back to them and say, hey, can I ask you a favor? This study has shown that the, you know, that moms have fewer symptoms of depression if dads will just read regularly. Is that something that you could commit to is to read to our child, you know, for 15, 20 minutes every night right? Um, and, and see if they'll do it. And, you know, I know that there's a possibility that they will say, no, I'm just not comfortable. But let's say this, let's say that that isn't even the end of the conversation, that if they say, no, I'm just not comfortable doing that, that then ask someone to help teach your spouse how to re read to your child, because that's something that they shouldn't miss out on. And it's a great way to start. For those of you who don't have a significant significant other living with you, and Nancy, we've had this conversation before too. You know how people always say to you, "Well, if there's ever anything I can do," right? Right, and, and you're like, times, "Yeah, you think that they don't mean it, but they generally do if they say that." Right. Well, and sometimes I think they it's just something it's lip service, right? But this is where the rubber meets the road, right? To go when the next time somebody says that to you, if there's ever anything I can do for you, I want you to take them up on it and say, you know what? Um, whenever you can, can you come and read to my child? I will still be here, but I would like it if you would come and read to my child. There's been a study that shows that uh, when children are read to regularly, that it reduces the stress of the mom. Like, let's just throw that out there. And maybe your sister-in-law will come over and read to your child for 15 minutes. And let's think about all the things that that might solve. It'll give you 15 minutes to breathe. You can be in the room meditating, right? Uh -huh. If you need to, to be there to support. But it also, it's because a lot of times, we look, we've all had the thing where our siblings don't know how to be with our child, Right. Right. Or other family members who just don't know how to connect with our, our children. We're not asking them to connect, just read to them. But here's what will happen if they read to them, maybe they'll start to connect with them. Yes. And maybe they won't feel the pressure of, oh, I need to know what, how to, everybody was like, I don't know how to be with a child with autism. And it makes me want to wring their necks. Cause I'm like, how do you be with any child? Do that. Right. <laughs> That's know? something, you know. This is something that had never occurred to me. My brother always says, how can I help? Yet he doesn't know how to help. He, and, and 
it's not necessarily a good thing for him to have Wyatt alone. And reading to Wyatt could be a great way for him to bond with him. Yep, it absolutely could. So let's put that out there. Um, do we and, actually and have let's... Ed Asner? Do we actually have Ed Asner on watching us? It says it has we Ed do. Asner. It says we have Ed Asner, but I wonder if we have the Ed Asner Family Center. We but if might. We have Ed Asner. I know what you want to say to him, Nancy. I want to tell him that I've got spunk. That's right. I knew you were going to say that. Did you know that the Ed Asner Center has new T-shirts that they're selling in their store? Yes, everybody say, should go online. They have great T-shirts and coffee mugs. I got to say, Nancy, I already you know, had my eye on getting one for you. Because on the front, it says, it's got a picture of Ed, and it says, uh, you've got spunk. And on the back, it says, I hate spunk, which is the famous <laughs> line um, from uh, Mary Teller Moore. Right. So uh, we're sending love to Ed and He's to the one of our, He is one of our favorite people around here at Autism Live. We just love Ed Eisner. And um, we love with the center and what they're doing. And oh my it's my God. understanding, Shannon, that they're going to be back to seeing people in person in the very near future. And they I have all of these so. great online. I just can't say enough good things about them. I can't say enough good things about them either. We adore everybody over at the Ed Asner Family Center. I was just talking last night about the last big celebration party that we went to before the great lockdown isolation was the Valentine's Day party at the Ed Asner Family Center. And I, it's like, it, it, it was, even before we went into lockdown, I was saying, this is one of the best parties I've ever been to in my entire life. I had more fun at that than I could shake a stick at. And then of course, it's just become that much larger. It looms large in our memory because it was so much fun. I can't wait till they can be open and doing things again. Uh, two things. Nisa wants uh, directions about setting up trusts and wills and things like that from you, Nancy, right. which we'll get to at the end of the program. But we have made our guests wait. Oh, We're let's not make them wait anymore. Let's get them no. on. They've got a lot to share with us. Yes. All right. So, Shannon, I didn't realize that we have had Rainbow Masho. Is it Masho? Rainbow Masho and her mom, Yadira Calderon, on before. And yes. so we want to welcome them back to the show. I want to give you a little bit of background about Rainbow. Um, she was born in Athens, Greece in 2008. She was developing like any other child when at 30 months she had a massive regression. Autism became a part of her life. She learned to read between 2016 and 2017 at almost nine years old, which is simply remarkable. Um, and then she went on to be an amazing artist and she um, has won many awards and prizes um, throughout her young career. And now she's a 12 year old um, who is doing all kinds of remarkable things and writing remarkable books. Um, her book, Rainbow Rabbit Meets Oracle, the Alphabet Preacher um, is something that we're going to talk about today. Um, and I want to welcome Yadira and Rainbow to the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Hi. Hi. so thrilled to have you guys back. I agree. I agree. It's like once a year pilgrimage to Autism Live. It's so exciting, you know, and I'm so happy when you communicated with me. Are you available these days? Like, well, of course, Shannon, we're always ready for you. So... <laughs> Well, and I can't believe uh, how, you know, uh, you have a beautiful young woman sitting next to you who just gets older every time we see her. And Rainbow, we are so, I don't know whether to call you Rainbow Mosho. How, how, what's the best way for us to address you? Rainbow Mosho. Okay. Rainbow and okay. you've been so busy. Uh, do you have the books that you can hold up, Mom, and show us? Well, can you ask her, please? Uh, she has a challenge for both of you. Okay, okay I'm ready. Tell them. All I need you to do is combine two things with the same alpha, with the same letter of the alphabet together. Okay. Combine two things with the same letter of the alphabet together. So you're, yes. you're going to choose a letter, and you're going okay. to tell her two things that okay. start with the same letter, because that is okay. the premise of the book. The alphabet okay. consists 
of these new creatures that Rainbow has created, that they do not exist. Um, and it is the alphabet to be enjoyed. And, and if you tell her two things that begin with the same letter, as we speak, as she speaks, she's gonna be making you guys a drawing, okay? Okay, can I, can I start? Yes. yes. Okay, I picked the letter G and I picked the, the, the things giraffe and goat. Okay. Yep, so as we speak, she will be creating. Okay. Um, so this is the latest book and it just came out. Let me see if we can see it clearer. There we go. It just, uh, we just received it on Tuesday um, and the support has been just marvelous. Uh, Rainbow Rabbit meets Oracle, the alphabet creature. Um, again, it, it is a project that we've been working on for two years now. Um, Rainbow was diagnosed with dyslexia. And as you know, not all school systems, school districts provide the teaching methods students need in order to be able to learn how to learn. And in this case, to learn how to read. So Rainbow, as we're talking, and she's developing her artistic skills, she tells me, Mom, have you ever heard of an apple armadillo? And it's like, what are you talking about? And yes. And uh, here we go. And I said, I don't know, honey. So can you draw it for me? So she drew an apple armadillo. And let me show you, because here we start with the first letter of the alphabet. And she drew an apple armadillo. Oh, how clever. She combined them. Yes, 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 yes. So in order to continue the whole process for her, anything that was visual made sense in order to make the connections of the understanding of the sounds, um, in order to make the connection, uh, the understanding of what other letters could come after the first letter. Um, the drawing plays a key role. And in this case, again, creating something just simply unique simply beautiful and in these beautiful colors that she loves to create so she wrote we wrote together and she says you know an apple right have you seen an armadillo now let's meet apple armadillo so we Love have it. here very clear specific words um not complicated yet promoting promoting and with good guidance parents teachers thank you so much for everything that you do you know uh, this is a book to sit down with your children ages three to ten any child that is having challenges with reading you know go get it if you can go to your therapist ask your school district to get your this book in your schools because it's going to be an additional tool in order to help those children who have challenges learning how to learn and in this case learning how to read as you very well know the statistics are there the high percentage of third graders in this country that are not reading at peer level, it's more than 45%. And we're speaking nationwide, and that is not right. And why? There are many reasons why. Uh, in our experience, um, we had to fight for a diagnosis of dys dyslexia to confirm or um, just outrule it, out, you know, just know what it is. And from then on, find the tools, the necessary tools. So we have created an additional tool for parents and teachers to be helping children how to learn. And uh, we're super excited. The response has been wonderful. Uh, we have a pre-release sale and actually I just updated it. So anyone watching the show today, if you go to www.autismhappykingdom.com, the pre-release sale is gonna be available until Sunday. And all of the details are there, check out and everything. Um, so, here we have a 12-year-old in the autism spectrum who in less than six months has published two books, okay? Because our first, thank you, Shannon, thank you. Our first book was published in November, What I Gained and Lost During COVID-19. And this is the result of between March and July 2020 and the reactions, the emotions, again, of a 12-year-old with autism who is faced with the fear, the stress, and the 
constant, no, you cannot do this. No, you cannot do that. Um, as a mom, we also face the reality of her grandma, my mom, with cancer. We, we, today, we were in Florida a year ago, helping her the best way we could. And you know what? Thanks to COVID, we were able to put aside all the worries of the world because as a family, we came together, we rallied for each other, we helped each other, and we decided to be there for mom. So this is a great example for Rainbow. To we also got to go to the beach. We were, very we were in Florida, my sister lived right on the beach. So we didn't deal with intense restrictions at the time. Mm -hmm. So we had that flexibility, which was wonderful for her because she could not have handled being inside for three months, you know, and what many of you experienced. So we're very fortunate that we had that outlet while art also was the key outlet. So one of the big pieces that Rainbow created at that time was the tree of life. When I asked her, as she's witnessing my mom's up and the downs, we're crying, yet we're rallying for each other, people pouring in all kinds of support. I asked Rainbow, what is important for you in life, okay? And Rainbow had already created in 2019 um, a self-portrait. She drew herself as the elements. She drew herself as air, water, earth, and fire, okay? So I asked her, what is important for you? And she drew herself as her own tree of life. Uh -huh. And in there, this year you have her at the bottom, and she has her hair as the tree trunk and all of the items that are important for her. Everything has a specific meaning. Everything has a reason to be very personal, no doubt, but they have this incredible degree of humanity that we can all relate to. And again, this is a 12 year old on the autism spectrum. Incredible maturity um, right. and, and the realization that I am a very special human being. And of course, this is being promoted by me, by the family. We were all together. We're all rallying for her and reminding her, we are so proud of you, how well you're dealing with all of this. Yes, let's talk about that, Yadira, because I think we have a lot of parents watching the show. Um, it's clearly something that uh, Rainbow has had is you in her corner uh, promoting and advocating for her. And how did you first, you know, we heard a little bit about the fact that she was diagnosed late. She was nonverbal until what, nine years old? She was nonverbal until five, six. When, oh, she so five began, six. when she began to verbalize and we dealt with a praxia, dyspraxia, all of the axias, we dealt with them. Wow. You know? <laughs> right. And here she is at 12. And as you hear her, she's more than capable of verbalizing, you know, go ahead, Nancy, I'm listening. Well, you, you recognized at some point that she had this artistic ability. Tell us about that. When did you see this in her and how did you nurture it? Yes, she began at four years old. Um, we had, we, she was born in Greece and we were in Greece until she was four. And um, that summer of 2012, some international parents, we always found each other and we Parents each, from where? From, from different countries, from Finland, from South Africa, from Japan, from France, from Spain. Parents from everywhere, she's interested in the world. So she wants to know where people are from. Um, so we met there in this beautiful park in the center of Athens, surrounded by these columns, just an exquisite location. Just you and the moms? Just, yes, just the moms and, 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 you, and you, the kiddos, okay? Um, so I forgot that. Yeah, mi amor, you don't remember. It's We go constantly where I'm reminding her because she doesn't remember any of this, you know? And that's part of her reality. So thank goodness for social media, thank goodness for photos, because I I can bring those up and let her know. So at four, at home, at four, we are at this park, we are at this event, and uh, this mom had all of these colors, and she sat on the floor, and she, they gave her a paper with paint, and she started painting her feet. Okay, so that was super exciting. I have a photo. Where was she from? That's okay. We answer that in a second. Okay, she was from a beautiful country. Um, India. Yeah was not from India. She was, um, she was Greek, British. You're this wonderful woman. She was also an artist. So at five, we left 
Greece um, due to her reality with the diagnosis and the lack of support that we had in Greece. We arrived in Florida. So the summer of 2013, ESY extended school year. We're very blessed that she had this incredible teacher. Um, and I told her my main concern at that time, she cannot hold the pencil properly. Parents, a lot of our children go through the same thing. Do not panic. You know what the teacher told me? What? A week after that I told her this, he's like, your daughter knows how to hold the pencil properly. It's like, what did you do? <laughs> I tried everything. She said, easy. You just go get a little pencil that you use when you go play golf. You put a little bit of aluminum foil, put tape. I forgot about that. Yeah, mi amor, I know, I know. Um, you, uh, okay, thank you, Tamais. Um, You put a little bit of tape so it's not too rough on their hands and you keep working on them on the grasp, okay? So within one week, I told this teacher, my daughter knew how to hold the pencil properly. A week later, I gave Tomais, Tomais, she wasn't rainbow then, she was Tomais. I gave her this huge piece of paper and I didn't say anything. And all of a sudden I see my daughter who did her first self-portrait, July, 2013. She drew herself with these huge ponytails, huge eyes and like 13 fingers in each hand. Just magical, just magical. So. It began officially at five when she um, learned how to hold a pencil properly. From then on, we've always had art around us. She's never taken any classes. This summer of 2018, she participated in a one week art camp in Safety Harbor, Florida. And then at school in the art sessions that she had, she always created these very fascinating shapes and forms. But in the last two years, you can see the transition of rainbow coming into shape, rainbow becoming the artist. Why? Because she is using, and come on, keep going, please, so you can show them. It's remember, giraffe, goat, okay? I know. So she's creating. Um, so Rainbow becoming this individual with um, charisma, with this great personality. But What's also, charisma? Charisma is like when you have this great spirit. Okay. Okay. I think, am I correct? She always corrects. Yes, that's correct. Thank and you. she uses, uh, my mom uses the word chef as chef. It's just my Latina, my Spanish roots, and it's hard for me to say it properly in English. So here we have Rainbow Marshall being created um, with, this strong spirit uh, where she's very uh, humane. One situation that we experienced last January, 2020, prior to the lockdown, January 6, 2020, here comes our friend Rainbow Marshall and she tells me, mom, I remember one of the summers that I went to summer school, they locked me up in the bathroom. I started crying. I just like, what? And she's like, I just remembered. And he's just like, I am so sorry. Actually, I remembered the entire, my, almost my entire life, but I didn't know how to explain it to you. That's okay. And that's why you didn't, my, my constant input to her is draw it. Anything you remember, anything you feel, anything you want. To and then I drew this. And then. Of this, how I was treated by people who didn't understand and cared about me back then. So this is, this was, she was uh, 11 then. And this is what she's creating, letting me know her memory. And this is the beginning of the realization. My daughter has PTSD. Okay. PTSD? Post-traumatic stress disorder. Okay. And. I just hugged her tight. I told her, I am very sorry that I was not there for you, but I'll continue to be here for you now. We're going to be helping each other. We're going to find a solution to this. And you must rely on your art. And there was a time when I did nothing wrong and the summer camp left me at the summer camp and I started crying and mom immediately found out and she knew how horrible the teachers were treating me and she took me out of the summer camp. Yes, because again, as parents, we are, we, there's no learning curve for us parents. Like you just said, Nancy, we are thrown into a situation, we deal with it, we may find the support that we need. And if we are strong, powerful human beings, like all of us are parents, do not doubt it for a second. You are strong. This is hard. You may wonder, how the heck am I going to get out of this one? Well, you will. 
okay? You will, and because your child needs you. And here I have my daughter needing me at that moment. And um, for parents who have children who are nonverbal, my respect, and uh, I know that their children have experienced awful situations many times. And um, it is very important for parents to make sure that the children without words, they can let them know if something is not right. I am very lucky that my daughter was able to verbalize it. Yes, go ahead. I forgot that when you heard that I was locked in the bathroom, I forgot that you hugged me finally saying that she was sorry that- I had to. I forgot. That's okay. And it's okay if you forgive me or here we are. I also told dad about it. Yes. I didn't know that at first, I didn't know what PTSD was. It's, what was it, how was it? Post-traumatic stress disorder. And we are, we are working. I'll get you a uh, tissue, you're crying. That's okay. I need you here. Oh, I know, I know. We are, I'm very fortunate. We are working it all out. She's full of empathy. I, I don't like those articles that I read. Individuals on the autism spectrum have no emotions. Individuals on the autism spectrum have no empathy. It's like, who are you talking to? Give me a break. Come right. to my house. Go to the classrooms that I have been in. I've worked as a substitute in the public schools in Florida and here in Tennessee. And um, it's just like, it's the total opposite. Please, you know, um, reporters, the media, help us share our realities, you know, the correct way. Uh, what we are actually experiencing and autism is not, uh, like my child right now, does not represent what other family lives, but I understand because I have been there. I survived the behavior crisis. I survived the medical issues. Um, I, she is surviving these experiences that she's had. Me as a parent, I mean, learning. Again, like I was saying, there's no parent university for kids with developmental disabilities. We are leaving our own university, as we've said it before, all of us, we all have five beloved PhDs, okay? In what it is to raise our children, both of you have been at it longer than I have. My respect, my love, Shannon, congratulations on your congratulations on your son with the latest achievements. Oh my God! And you know very well Actually, all the hard work both of you, your your husband and you, have put into to see your son in the process of achieving even more in a new stage in life. So this is where I am right now with a twelve-year-old. I began my this my message three years ago, I am not going to wait until my child is 16 to start talking about a transition plan. No way. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense because their lives doesn't start at 16, 18, right. 20. Their lives begins once they're born and particularly as soon as they are diagnosed. And you as a parent right now, please understand it is overwhelming, but there are so many resources out there. Look where we are right now. We are speaking to two ladies that have vast experience, 20 plus years, that dealing, surviving, managing the autism spectrum. I have been surviving and dealing with it. Now we are in a high. We are in a high because the diagnosis is not what's ruling our lives. You know, the diagnosis is that now we're <laughs> dealing with puberty. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> you bring up such an important point, Yudira, about preparing our kids early on for the transition to adulthood, which you are doing, you and Yudira are doing. And this is something we talk about a lot on the show, um, is the importance of starting that process early. Totally. There's no Absolutely. doubt. You, you just take, I'm just wet because I've been crying, <laughs> weeping. But Yudira, you always take us to church, man. You are so inspirational. Uh, and I don't want to interrupt you, but we're running out of time. And Rainbow, we have a question for you. Nisa, mm -hmm. everybody says how amazing you both are and yeah. how much love, they, they love you so much. And they love how uh, empathetic you are. But they want to know, how did you start understanding how to let your mom know what happens that makes you feel uncomfortable? How did, how did you... How did you know to tell mom through, because a lot of times you tell mom through your drawings, right? How you feel? Yes. And I, and sometimes it's not my drawings. I tell her face to face. Okay. Yes, because I ask her questions. Nisa, that's a great question. You know, yeah. at this point with um, 
what Rainbow can do, and it has been developing for 10 years, okay? This didn't happen from one day to the next. Um, everything I have done, I have always approached her day to day that even when she was not speaking, I would ask her a question. How are you? How do you feel? The concept of pain with our children. Our children do not understand pain. So using those descriptives, is it pinching? Is it squeezing? Is it tight? Is it pulling? Um, so asking questions and her as everything keeps placing itself in her brain and the, her language capability, vocabulary capability uh, keeps developing. Um, that's how she's been able to respond to her emotions, you know, and how does it feel? And in the past 24 months, it has been just simply spectacular just simply spectacular. So we're very blessed. And again, it has taken a big effort from my part. And I have to give a lot of credit to all of the videos that she watches, which of course is very tricky with our kids. You know why? Because we don't want our kids. I only allowed Rainbow to start using uh, the iPad that her dad gifted her only, she's gonna be 13, so only four years ago. It's when I started, when she was younger, she did not touch an iPad. She did at home, at least. She did not touch. Was anything. I afraid to touch iPads? No, mi amor, it has nothing to do with fear. It has everything to do because when she was not speaking and she was learning how to speak, I told myself, why would I let her be on an electronic um, product without guidance when I need her to learn to interact with all of us? So when she said at, at nine, eight and a half, nine, when she began using electronics, I would sit with her and I would ask her when she was watching movies, we were watching the movies and I would stop the movie and I would ask her, tell me, what did I say? What just happened here? And of course I played dumb. It's just like, what just happened here? Oh, what? And you I, played dumb? I did, honey. And then uh, I would say something opposite of what actually happened. And she would proceed to describe what actually happened. Okay, to get all of the thought process going. But I need to bring again um, the reality of her verbal capacity. And I've said this before, but it's very important for parents to hear because you just said it a moment ago um, with the article on the moms and depression. Um, parents need to be involved, fathers need to be involved, uncles, nephews, cousins, everyone. Um, her dad is in Australia. We and there's one thing when we. Uh, we're living in Florida. Uh, I didn't know about stories, and my dad made up the stories of a little puppy that I always wanted for a pet. Her name was Cuddly. And then one day, my dad mixed up the story, and I said, Dad, no, that's all wrong. It goes like. Okay, well, what happened was that after a year of that telling her the same story, all of a sudden, he he, he was starting to give up. He's yes, he was. And he told me, he's like, why am I doing this? She doesn't do anything. She doesn't say anything. I said, this is what you can give her. She needs you. She needs your time. Please. And especially he, he invented his own stories, okay? Which he did like 30 of them and they are magical. And I'm hoping that she will, he will get them published and I'm ready to help him. He knows that. Um, so after a year... And that telling me one more time that he's tired. Why is he doing this? What's the purpose? All of a sudden, Rainbow's go, Rainbow goes, he changed the story slightly. And Rainbow goes, Dad, this story is not like that. This story goes, boom, 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 boom. She told him the story exactly the way he's been saying it for one year. And I said, Dad, you see, it's, going, it's, it's on her time not yours, not mine. It's on her time, but she needed the input and you did that. So thank you for not quitting. Thank you for continuing. And here we have Rainbow Mosha today, you know, capable of saying that and a lot more and drawing it, you know, and uh, me as a parent, all of this that we're doing right now with our books, the main purpose is to create a platform of opportunity, develop entrepreneurship skills, and the purpose, one of our main purposes for parents to understand kids can learn from kids. So this is the main purpose of our books. We have a third book coming out in June, which is going to be about 
OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder from the perspective of a 12 year old with autism. This is huge. She created the story herself. The illustrations are all done. We are cleaning up the story and it is very moving because it is a child wanting to know how, why some kids around me demonstrate these characteristics and I explained to her that's OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. And I told her, you also have OCD, but in your case, your OCD many times does not have to do with two things. In your case, Rainbow Motion, your OCD has to do with 100 things. Okay. <laughs> and Rainbow wants to say something, Yadira. There are two things. It was an accident. That's okay. And there are two things. I want to show you the grip, the the go giraffe. The go. Yeah. Oh my oh, gosh! Look at that. That's amazing. So we're gonna send that to you guys. She's gonna give okay. it to autism live. Feel How free to wonderful. print it. Feel free to print it and feel free to do anything you'd like with it. And um, you can turn it. And um, one day my. Uh, my alphabet animals might be turned into plush toys. Yes. So I would love that. Great yes. idea. I love that. We are all out of time and there's so much more to talk about, but I want to direct people. If you watch this and you guys are like, oh, I can't get enough of this. Please know there's more. Go to Autism Happy Kingdom to find out. And, and you also, is, there's a place where they can follow you guys on Facebook as well, right? Yes, on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. They can find us, Crush Autism 14 on Twitter and autismhappykingdom.com on the internet where they can get our books and we have a blog there. And two great big news, there's gonna be a Rainbow Motion website coming up around the summer. And we have some wonderful students from Vanderbilt University, my respect, who are helping us build an app for Rainbow Motion for her books. So we have a lot of wonderful plans and we thank so many people who have supported us. I, we don't have the means, we don't have housing stability, I don't have employment stability, and we have just published two books. And this has happened because loving people around us have made it happen. So parents, again, talk to me, talk to Shannon, talk to Nancy. There are so many individuals out there that, we can, that can help us continue to build so much and make things happen to our families. Thank and, you. And I just have to say that, that I'm sorry. I, that, I was just saying thanks for those words of wisdom, Yadira, for all the parents out there. And I just want to say one last thing. Like, this is just the tip of the iceberg of their story. You think she's a wonderful artist, and she is. You need to see her skate, okay? Like, like seriously, uh, yes. this, this young woman is talented in many different, uh, but watch her ice skate. And, well, and Tyler picked up a girl that was almost 200 pounds. I know. Good heavens, that. Rainbow. You are so talented in so many different directions. So everybody check that out. I promised that we would ask Nancy, and Nancy, you got about 30 seconds to tell people what you want to tell them about Wills and... Um, I'm trying to see yes. uh, uh, about little... special needs trusts, trusts and able accounts. I think it's important that you speak with a, an attorney, a special needs attorney that can draw up a special needs trust for you, but definitely go to somebody. There are a lot of special needs financial consultants out there and special needs attorneys that can steer you in the right direction for setting that up. Thank you. Rainbow, you had something to close the show There's with? What would someone... you like to say? Okay, oh. people have been writing, yeah. so we'll read them later, all okay. of the comments. Thank that's you, right. everyone, for commenting. But if she wants to shout out about something that somebody said, please feel free. They just loved you, though, Rainbow. They once uh, said my heart just broke. Yeah, when we were sharing with your drawing. Yeah, because... And my emotion and my... Son. I remember one part. One, uh, before we leave, there's something I want to say. My, okay. I don't remember this, but my mom has. One time, uh, my family in Greece, they took me to a play day with a girl my, of a man who, who my, my a dad family, knew, a, a family that my dad do, knew, and the girl hit me very hard and I started crying, and my dad and he, the girl's parents scolded her, and then I ran into the girl's kitchen, grabbed a handful of cash juice, and made myself choke on it. And my mom tried to grab it out of my neck, but I inhaled it and it got to my lungs. We had to go uh, on the car. 
boat and back to Athens. It was on a small island in Kefalonia, and luckily they had to put a tube in my lungs and they got the cashews out. And it, it was a sad experience. Uh, after the girl hit me, I has I felt like I had this urge to just choke myself. Mm. I'm so sorry to hear that, but I'm yeah. so glad you're yes. okay. But that gave me a reminder, and it remind and the girl was bigger than me, and I was smaller than her. And the the, the what I experienced, what which I don't remember, it reminded me that if I see a tiny little kid, I have to be gentle with him or her. Absolutely. Great reminder. You learn from Absolutely. that experience. Yes, it's amazing are, to have this time with both of you. Yes, and it's been so great. And our so our viewers are all writing in how nice it was to have met you, Rainbow and Yadira. And um, when you get the, the book on OCD um, finished, we'll have to have you back on to cover that book. We will be yeah. on Twitter. Yes, yes. You one more time for the websites. We're so late, but tell us one more time the websites because they're asking uh, if you can say them again. Thank you. www.autismhappykingdom.com. And on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, you just you just search Rainbow Mosho, M-O-S-H-O, and you can find us. Thank you, everybody. So much respect for all of you parents, Shannon and Nancy, as always, you know, very special. And opening the doors to share our messages, you know, and uh, let families know that we are here serving as an example, but all of us have tons to learn from each other. Thank you, Yadira. So much love and respect. Uh, and we look forward to having you guys back on the show. We've got to end the show, but we're excited that we're going to be back on Monday. And it's a big week next week. So because we're getting revved up uh, towards uh, uh, Autism Acceptance Month. I don't, I don't know if you guys got the memo that it's autism. Oh, it's autism. Acceptance. oh, it's a month that we accept autism. Well, we're hoping, we're hoping that people will keep learning to accept autism. So that's, that's the bad. Right. That's it. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, we're saying goodbye to Bye. everyone and we'll be back on Monday. Until then, give your kiddos a hug from me. And give yourselves a hug from me. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. For now.